I want an equal number of gutters in every muffin. Hey gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee's here, which means your old pal's got some good news. It's time for a brand spanking new episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, we got our buddy J.L. Calvin back. Remember him? He's the guy who made us sit through 2001 A Space Odyssey. J.L. decides to double down and make us watch an even longer movie, Lawrence of Arabia. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow.com for blog articles. And, of course, that's where you buy our hats, bags, mugs, shirts, whatever, merch. Please, please support us and uh, and buy one, just, you know, as a gift for what the hell. And, of course, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us or just to say hi. Now let's get to it. J.L. Calvin takes on the marathon known as Lawrence of Arabia. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah. What's that sign say? No bare feet. What's that sign say? No fighting. What's it mean? No fighting. You owe me one gumball machine. Kevin Israel, name that film. Caddyshack. Did I do that one before on this fucking podcast? No, but I just know the gumball machine. Damn it! I'm going to buy that sign. You know what? If you didn't say the gumball machine part, I wouldn't have gotten it. But once you said the gumball machine, I was like... Ah! See, I cut it. Off. I cut off the last quote, and you already knew what. what forgot one important part. Now I cut off the one important. Another. Leave it in there. I'm damned if I do. You're on a streak, though. Let's give you credit where credit is due. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel. Here we go yet again, gutting the sacred cow. Hope you're enjoying fantastic episodes like The Dark Knight. Wow, that was ballsy. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoy Dumb and Dumber, and I hope you appreciate the twist that happened in that review. Hoofa. <laughs> and here we have another returning guest, and that is. J.L. Calvin, who made us sit through 2001 A Space Odyssey, Kevin Israel's favorite film, and Donald Trump made an appearance as well. J.L., how's it going, pal? What's new and exciting? Uh, it's going great. New and exciting. Uh, just very busy uh, on multiple fronts, both uh, comedically and with my day job. Uh, <laughs> so that's great. Uh, the robust uh, the robust economy is, is uh, driving me to an early grave. <laughs> I can um, I can only imagine you wait on uh, pins and needles for Trump to be possibly reelected so you can continue your your full no, into the impression world. Well, <laughs> it's sad because I know that if he gets reelected, like the algorithm, it's not even about what I'm putting out because I just had like a Cuomo video do really well the other day, and I'm trying to diversify as in addition to doing all the stand up gigs that I'm now about to start doing. But it's not even me. It's like if he runs again my videos will just automatically get viewed more like, because they'll be shit. They'll just be shared. I've been noticing that a little bit. I think some of the social media companies are like, I think he's going to run. So can we start to like, so it's not so obvious. Can we start (laughs) to tinker with the algorithm? Like you don't want it to be like the day he announces all the content just explodes. You've got to like boil it a little bit so that it doesn't seem as crazy. So I've noticed some of my videos starting to get seen by a lot of the people who were seeing them like 10 months ago that mm-hmm. still follow me, but haven't interacted with me. So it'll be we'll evergreen. See. It's great. Yeah. Well, good news for you and Sarah Cooper. 
<laughs> My agent specifically said that that wasn't going to be mentioned, that that name was not going to come up. <laughs> Whoa, so, slow down. Someone's got an agent all of a sudden all trying to. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's that's the real joke of what I just said. I don't. I, don't I know. Um, I was for I was I was like, oh, good for him. He got an agent. That's great. <laughs> Kids Never. coming along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, now everybody but me. So, well, not me, not us <laughs> yet. It's just somebody else to take money from you. JL has chosen. He, I think, he's trying to cement himself, like kind of like Mike Price is going after historical films. JL is going down the the niche avenue of making Kevin and I watch marathon epic films, and I did the math. JL has made us watch a combined six hours of movies <laughs> as he has chosen this week, Lawrence of Arabia, which I have never seen until two, three nights ago. And I bought it on Voodoo for five bucks, never watched it. I go, wow, I'm just going to save it for a plane ride, a long plane ride. And now JL says, we're going to do Lawrence of Arabia. I go, well, here we go, Voodoo, $5 buyout. A flight to Australia. Oh, it turns out I've still got 10 <laughs> minutes to go when I get to the hotel. <laughs> Can I get Wi-Fi in the airport while I wait for my bags? Lawrence of Arabia, 1962. I thought it was done a lot earlier than 1962. Yeah, me too. A budget of $15 million at the time, a box office haul of $70 million. Turn that into 2021 money. $137 million budget, 641.1 Wow million dollar haul of that uh 15 million dollar budget about eight and a half million with the peter o'toole's alcohol habit i read okay and we'll the rest those. to camels yeah. <laughs> uh imdb as we all know is a one through ten scale with decimal points jl what do you think that lawrence of arabia scored on the old imdb uh 9.1 kevin israel I'm going to go nine seven eight three. Wow. Huh. I think I floored both of you on that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Rotten Tomatoes score critics one through 100. Kevin Israel. Let's hear it. 90, pal. 94. JL Coven. 98. 93. Wow. So close. Rotten Tomato score for the people. JL, the floor is yours. 79. Kevin Israel. 84. 90. Wow. Three. That's oh, wow. People <laughs> love this. That's crazy to me. <laughs> maybe it doesn't be- surprise it- me, but I was I was just sort of going, maybe there'll be a recency tilt about yeah, like, me well, too. it's not that great, but I get if like Obviously, when this movie was out, it's, you know, it's, it is, it is considered a monumental classic. Right. I I think people love it because maybe they had a teacher get mono and they made them watch this film for about two and a half weeks straight in school. Quotes, you rotten, you rotten, bloody man. Here, let me take your rotten, bloody picture for the rotten, bloody paper. I forgot how Brits love to say rotten or bloody instead of fucking. (laughs) <laughs> and that's all I have. This film is viciously unquotable. Kevin Israel. <laughs> I have nothing. I, I have to say, and I had to dig for that one. JL? Yeah, I got nothing. 
Um, as far as quotes, the problem is there were moments during the movie when I said, oh, that's a pretty good line. And then nine hours more of movie happened and I, they don't stay in my head. <laughs> Fair. Oh, wait. I do have one. He's a slim customer. I don't know why that. I was just like, is that, I guess that was something people said at some point. This is you grasping for straws. (laughs) Jesus. Five fun facts. Five fun facts, 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 five fun facts. Want to take a guess? Huge name at the, t- at the time. Huge name. Want to take a guess on who passed on the role? Big name. Big, big name. Saying he did not want to burn up in the desert for several months. One guess. Go for it. Charlton Heston. Not a bad one. That's a great, because that's actually who I thought was in this at first when I started watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery. Oh, this is long before Con. No, I guess not, because the goal no. of Dr. No is 61. No, Marlon Brando. Damn it. And I'm, I know it's going to, was, I was going, that was my <laughs> second guess. Yeah. Omar Sharif and Peter O'Toole were so drunk at one point, well, many points, they wanted, they wanted to try tying themselves to their camels, but only Sharif went through it and was dragged about for quite some time. Oh, good times in the desert. Yeah, a lot of listen. Grab ass only is fun for so long until you know <laughs> it's not. But we learned you can poke a camel in the ass. That's yes. Something. Oh, and speaking of asses, the first time Peter O'Toole rode a camel, he bled from his ass. But the first time he had anal sex, he bled from his ass as well. So this is a you know a historical aspect. Omar Sharif and Peter O'Toole gambled all their earnings away twice in Beirut and Casablanca when the when the film went on hiatus. They're bad poker players. <laughs> the crew used white plastic cups for drinking water, but the desert wind gust would pick them up and blow them to the desert. After numerous shots being ruined, director David Lean banned them and had them replaced with ceramic mugs. And those are the five fun. I would say that was the least fun of the five fun facts. <laughs> Motherfucker, I want you to call through these. This, dre- this drudgery of uh, an unfun set and find something that's worthwhile. Well, we're going to move right along to everyone's new favorite, Ask a Gutter. Ask a gutter, ask a gutter, ask a gutter, ask a gutter. Let's scroll down. Brandon Oglesby at Newark Night. Good to see JL back, even though this was a biopic of a real person. Was the original white, was this the original white savior movie or just the one a lot of later films were based on? Uh, My guess is that's what I kept thinking of during the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, is that it felt like Dances with Wolves was just like cut, like did like a cut and paste, and we're just like, just change Orins to Tatanka. <laughs> and then you've got, you've got Dances with Wolves now. <laughs> um, but I think it was, it was honestly in a weird way, there's a lot of dated things about the movie, but it, cause at times it felt like a white savior movie, but at the same time, vi- at, at times very aware of its white saviorness. Whereas like yeah. some movies later, like that came decades later, didn't seem to have the same 
awareness that this movie had of itself at times. Like, even though, yes, he's the white guy saving the day, there is this notion of him not being like one of them or what's his place in the world versus it just being like, yeah, you're here and that's it. That's the whole movie. We're just happy to see the the super blue eyed British guy. <laughs> I believe he's Irish. Uh, no, next one. That's I embarrassing believe, that I yeah. said that. Uh, <laughs> Katie Cohen says, "Ugh, Lawrence of Arabia is too long. Mm-hmm. And then Brandon types in Jesus fucking Christ. I'm glad I never saw this or Titanic. Titanic is like a naked gun film in length compared to this. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Taco shirt Krillin. I have never seen this movie and based on the comments. I don't think I want to. I do think a movie like this, like I'll get into at some point, like the first time I saw this movie, but I do think there are certain movies that like, maybe they don't hold up. Maybe, but like when you, this is, I think an important movie in like movie making you know, in like the history of movies. So it has some value there. I will echo that sentiment because I'm a huge fan of the Spielberg doc. And the first three minutes is him saying, you know what got me in the movies? Seeing Lawrence of Arabia on the big screen. And then he just waxes poetic on how that just captivated him and how he was so enamored with the, with the cinematography, which is great. Oh, there's, yeah. there, there's, no, there's no taking that back. Uh, Guama Harristanel at Llama Lavender. Have you seen What's New, Pussycat? I love that movie. Just wanted to shout out what's in her uh, recent watch. Let's see here. Dial-Up Movie Club. I literally have worked ships shifts shorter than that film. Oh, they want to know which of us, Kevin Israel, which one of us is the perfect strangers? Which one's Balky and which one's Cousin Larry? I thought the I, I thought the end consensus was that I was Balky and you were Larry. I've heard both. I've heard... Oh, both, but okay, that's uh, that's cute. Anything else? Katie Cohen also says I like Peter Tool best when he when he did a Pizza Hut commercial back in the late nineties. I bet he was drunk. I needed a roof. <laughs> oh, our buddy Ot Almighty Ray Ray Sicanis wants to know. Uh, hey, outside of out NASCAR legend Dick Trickle, has there been a more phallic named celebrity than Peter O'Toole? There is a guy associated with like women's tennis whose name has come up recently because of the missing Chinese woman tennis player. Right. His name, Dick Pound. My. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not forget for female anatomy, Rusty Cunts. Next picture. I worked with a guy named Dick Hammer. Oh. And I was like, why wouldn't he have picked Rich? Why would he have gone with Dick? Like at any point in his like adult, he could have been like, you know what? I'm rich now. He's stuck with Dick. And I always blew me away. Blew you away. You punster, you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, one more. Dick Pole, X pitcher for the Mariners. If you much watch a Peter O'Toole movie, check out my favorite year because at least Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers in it. That's how this conversation yeah. got there. Never saw it. And at the main, Damie. This is my biggest classic film blind spot. Never attempted to watch. I'd rather do anything, just about anything, than watch Peter O'Toole dick around in the desert for four hours. Three hours and 40 minutes. But okay. I mean, we can give him the credit. All right, Kevin Israel, let's let the man go out there and comb that desert, and hopefully he finds shit, and I'm sure he will. And that man is J.L. Calvin. It's time to Guts. Cut. The, the Sacred. sacred. It always comes together in post in the last syllable. Never in the first. It sounds perfect on my end. Does it? (laughs) 
Yes. But our guests always say, God damn it, a hundred plus episodes, you fucking morons can't piece this together yet. I always wonder why the guests look at us like we're crazy because I'm like, this sounded perfect to me. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know we're in time. JL, take it away. Now, the first thing I have to do is because obviously with 2001, my first legendary appearance on the show, uh, that was that was a movie I had seen twice before then watched it a third time for the show. So I had, I had kind of verified that I hated it so much when I did the show. Lawrence of Arabia, I saw once in the theater and remember thinking very strange things about it. There was a real homoerotic vibe. It was very long and there was a real homoerotic vibe to it that I was like, is this just the acting style or what's going on? And I remember when I discussed it with my barber, this was many years ago, but a, a Puerto Rican guy named Tony, I said, oh, it's funny. I went to see uh, a movie, Lawrence of Arabia, with my brother this weekend. And I said, have you ever seen it? And he, re he replied, and I quote, but I'm not going to say the word. Yeah, the blank movie. And the blank was a six-letter word for homophobic slur. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a very funny story, but I was like, uh, well, me and my brother called it homoerotic, but I guess we're on the same page in terms of what we perceived, uh, maybe not in the same language, but, uh, so when watching it again, I watched it this weekend. I'm more, I'm more impressed a barber, you know, wasted three hours and 40 minutes. No, but you got to understand doing this, shape ups. This is like when I'm 25, 26 and he's like 60. So you, you know, oh. like Spielberg, this is, a, this is, this is one of these legendary classic movies uh, or as he called it uh, that f movie <laughs> but um so watching it again i watched it this weekend and i at first for like the first two hours i was like was i wrong about this yes the shakespearean acting of peter o'toole and the long blue-eyed stares that just feel like make out with the desert men already was still there but for the first two hours i was like I see the, I do see the real merit and why this is a classic, but it kind of wore me down as the movie went on. And I was like, okay, it's just this, this just didn't have to, I, it's a weird thing to be like, my biggest complaint about the movie is the length and it's like a real detractor for it, but it's so long that that is a real problem. <laughs> like, it's not just like, it's long, but other than that, it's great. It's more like, it's so long, it really starts to take from the greatness. <laughs> like, it starts to deduct points. Um, but I, I feel like I'm not doing the show right because I wanted to come back on and I can pick apart little things about it. But overall, I'm like, hmm, I don't think it should be. It's, it's, I understand why it's a sacred cow, but it's also uh, a pretty impressive movie for the time. But still plenty of goofy things. So I don't know how you want me to take it. Like, I feel like I want to come here and be like, it sucks, <laughs> but I don't really believe that. I just think there's plenty of things about it that are goofy and it's way too long. From every angle you want to, it doesn't matter. We've had, we've had guests definitely go watch it again. Not as bad as we thought it was. So you would not be the first to do that. Okay. So um, Peter O'Toole, the, the, the performance of Peter O'Toole is oddly enough, the thing I feel like is, is other than Obi-Wan Kenobi as an Arab, uh, Arab prince. 
Um, oddly enough, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi actually sounds, uh, you know, maybe that was the inspiration. He's like, well, I've already played an Arab, so I can play a guy with an Arab sounding name now. Um, but Peter O'Toole's performance is bizarre to me. It's of that old theater acting, but on screen. Like I thought Marlon Brando, the, the, the thing Marlon Brando brought to movies was like, he like killed the theater acting style for movies. That's why Pacino and De Niro and everybody like of that generation worship him. This was still that like, I'm looking at you. <laughs> and then you stare at the guy for like 10 seconds. And Peter O'Toole's eyes are so blue. Yeah. Like in real life, that's the coolest shit. But I've never actually seen an actor whose eyes were like, could you tone down your blue eyes, please? You're not a white walker from Game of Thrones. Like, can you, can you lower the, the wattage? I know that's the coolest thing. Like, that's why women were all over you. But like, you, it's too much. Um, so his but especially against the desert. Yes. His eyes against the right. background of the desert. It was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, con- the, the contrast was like a blue lightsaber in the desert from Star Wars. Yeah, That's how much they, it stood right out. Um, I think it's just, it's tough because there's so many things in this that were easily goofy. But I'm also like, yeah, but it was 1962. They were doing the best they could, I think. This was obviously the peak of filmmaking for 62. But Peter O'Toole's performance, like it said introducing Peter O'Toole. And I was like, whoa, what a pretty, pretty big movie to make your debut as like the star of uh, AFI's fourth greatest film ever. Uh, but his performance was like very drama, very theater, um, kind of like Charlton Heston. You know what I mean? But for mm-hmm. some reason, those Charlton Heston movies, which were only a few years earlier, like Ben-Hur, Ten Commandments they feel of like a different time. So I'm like, eh, it's okay that he's doing his get out of here kind of <laughs> acting. Whereas this movie had some things that were really moving in a forward direction. So it, it made his performance to me feel all the more over the top. Whereas like Omar Sharif felt more, like everybody else in the movie to me felt more, every other main star felt more natural to me but 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 the the star of the movie was this overly dramatic performance by peter o'toole that was you know like this isn't it felt very much like shakespeare um like and i'm sure he's like a shakespearean trained actor was but uh that's my first thing if you guys want to jump in but like peter o'toole it's like he is the you know it's like criticizing michael jordan while watching a chicago bulls game from the 90s like the whole thing is focused around him so if you have problems with him, yeah. you're going to have problems with some of the movie. But then there were other things he did that I, I you know, the movie was truly, clearly trying to portray like post-traumatic stress. That felt kind of new in terms of like a movie, like he's not just the noble warrior that's one dimensional, but I think it was new for Peter O'Toole also based on some of his acting choices. I don't think those are acting choices. I thought that was too many gins in the desert without enough water. He wasn't getting in the zone. He was hammered, I'm sure, or at least a heavy buzz. Uh, I'm not someone who necessarily is going to be like, I, I get it. But like, yes, Alec Guinness playing um, an Arab prince would, would not fly today. No. Anthony Quinn I feel like he was Greek, I believe. 
And I feel like back then Greek, like it would be like Sicilian. It counted as person of color. So like, he did, I think play, just... he did play Sicilian in last action hero. You son of a bitch. How funny is that? <laughs> I love that film. Last action hero is great. That I love never, it. I, I love would never it. bring that up on this show. <laughs> uh, but like Anthony Quinn, I thought was good. I just, I thought uh, what I'm concerned about also is how many animals actually died during this movie. Cause this is before the, uh, they were just like, yeah, we'll probably lose 50 camels and a hundred horses in the process of, of filming this movie. So there was probably a lot of animal death, but, but great camel training camels, like making noises on cue. Like, I didn't know you could do that with camels. It would just be like, They'd say something and the camel would be like, and I was like, that's pretty good. Cause that wasn't, it's not like now where we would just CGI something. Um, Yeah. You guys, I think you'll jog my memory, but it's, it's hard to get past length of time and Peter O'Toole hearkening back to Shakespearean theater acting and uh, the inability for the movie to deal with all sorts of, uh, LGBTQ adjacent issues like the homoeroticism stares and the blatant, I assume, Turkish prison rape that yes. they dance around horribly. <laughs> like, Isn't that guy- where the Turkish prison like <laughs> trope comes from? The I people like get trapped in a Turkish prison. I like, think it, I it's the movie Midnight Express, but but if I'm not mistaken, it might be Midnight Express, but. Uh, this, I just think it was very, that was a weird, the prison scene was so weird because it felt like they were unwilling to just say or show what was happening. So the guy, like he has like a thin mustache, which was sixties code for deviant. (laughs) And he like touches Peter O'Toole's chest. And at first I was like, is he going to go for the nipple? <laughs> I thought it was going to. I was like, "What kind of movie is this?" And then they, and then they, and then they smash cut to, to the to the front of his pants, and a wet spot goes to the size of like a silver dollar. <laughs> and, and so they they like allude to the fact that he's getting abused in prison while the gay Turkish general like watches from afar. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, is this like platonic prison rape? What the <laughs> hell is this? So it, to me, I would say to the makers of, I guess this is the best you could do in a mainstream film in 1962. But I was like, when you're making a three hour and 43 minute film, that probably could be part of what you take out. If you're not going to go all the way, why make a bizarre non-prison rape prison rape scene if you're not going to go there anyway just eh, now we have a three hour and 30 minute movie you heard it here first jl covan wants his prison rape to be prison rape (laughs) what did you want the sisters from shawshank to come out and corner him in the fucking room and just rape the piss out of him yeah (laughs) well because the way they do it is more i was actually sitting there going oh okay Wink, wink. This is where Lawrence gets. I and think then it was... they talk about it later, and they're like, "He was humbled." <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait, wait, hold on. That's hold one on, way hold, to put it. Hold on. 
on on Stern show years ago, Iron Sheik used to come on. He goes, "I fuck you, and then I make you humble." I'm like that. Yeah. Actually, they made a song out of that. Yeah. That's did you ever funny. hear the song they no. did with the Iron Sheik? And no. it's, it has "I make you humble" is like the refrain. <laughs> oh well, there you go. See, so I'm picking up on the cultural clues. <laughs> I uh, thought that scene. I thought that scene was almost creepier than if they just literally showed the rape. Like, just the creep. Like, it felt almost like the whole tone of the movie changed. And I was like, is this about to break out into a gay sex scene? Like, is this all going to be like a porn scene suddenly? <laughs> they yeah, bust they, in like Marcellus Wallace and Paul. The guy Fisher. holding his arms was like smiling, had this like right. weird smile, like he was getting off. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think they knew what to do with that. Like, I don't think they knew how they. In one respect, I'm almost respectful that they like went there. Like that probably was new for cinema as well. Uh, But at the same time, I was like, but if you're going to go, like, you're just making it weird. But you're right. They they did touch, they did dance around it. And they danced like the PTSD thing and this. They were like, we can, let's talk about, don't go all the way in. But we can sort of acknowledge people get raped in prison and war does bad things to heads. But if you're like an 11 year old kid who's going to, you know, like going to see this epic, as I'm sure it did, it was a huge success, like across the pl- across the board, fairly violent also for like a 1962 PG movie. Um, but you're if you're like 11 or 10 and you're coming out of this with your, your, your parents or something and you're going, what what was that? That was weird when he was like being weird with that. That man, that you like movies weird. with gladiators, Timmy. Yes. Can, you, can, can you imagine like a dad, like five years later, whatever, and that 11 or 12 year old is 17 months ago? I want to go to Vietnam, and the dad takes a long drag off a cigarette and goes, Let me show you something first. And then <laughs> takes him to the movie, and they do a revival, and he goes to the rape, and they walk out after that part and goes, You know what? That's all you need to see. Now you're going to go to Canada. What if this paved, maybe this paved the way for deliverance, you know, deliverance is 10 years later, but this is like, you know, this is, this is the Wright brothers of prison rape, just like <laughs> flying their biplane, but then deliverance is Neil Armstrong, you know, walking on the moon, taking it to the, to its highest level yet. Where is Kitty? <laughs> what, what city were using for Kitty Hawk as a place where the rape started? <laughs> right. Rakaka or whatever it was. That's called the writer of Deliverance watched this and was like, now is our time. Right. You could finally how great it. was that? How great, how great was Lawrence of Arabia? Well, there was one scene that I was particularly interested in. <laughs> make a whole movie based around it. Squeal like a camel. That doesn't sound good. Squeal like a pig. Now we got something cooking. But it was, uh, I, I guess, I mean, that's an individual scene, obviously. Um, I found uh, I found uh, the lack of women in the movie to be um, uh, you know very poor in terms of representation. One <laughs> was there one? The nurse at the end. Well, no, 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 no. There were women in the tent with the what with the shake, whatever the fuck you want to call him, the belly dancers and all that, right? The servants. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. in that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I then I, I stand corrected. T- gr- uh, more than enough. Uh, women in, in the movie. There was plenty of dames in this film. Relax. All right, all right, broads, don't go open your yappers in the middle of our scene, okay? But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, this is one of those movies. See, the problem is, 
I saw a lot of these types of these movies when I was young, like the 10 commandments, Ben Hur, all these, and they always struck me as really fun and good and like exciting. And I was always impressed by like how these old movies like did a lot with, with, you know, I think David lean, I think my favorite of his is probably Dr. Zhivago. I actually like that one, but uh, with, with, with this one, and I already lost my train of thought. I would, no, I would say it's the type of movie that I would say in the right hands and those hands are not Christopher Nolan's as much as I like him because he would do some sort of time bend uh, with this movie that would make it even longer and more confusing. A remake of this movie, like a real remake, like trim it by about an hour, but like give it a good cast. You do, you'll get the guy who did Dune, honestly, to direct yeah. it because he's an on-location guy. He's Denny, not a Denny Villeneuve. Guy. Yeah. Uh, Den- Dennis Vegas, as I call him when I'm, <laughs> when I'm in, a, in a hurry. And, but the problem is like when they did a remake of Ben-Hur, I don't think it was supposed to be any good, but nobody saw it. Nobody cared. Like, I didn't know there people, was, did it, I did not know there was yeah. a remake of Ben-Hur, I swear to God. Old people were not interested in seeing one of their favorite movies remade. And then it wasn't interesting to like young people. This is a movie that I look at. Like if you could give me a, a, a great actor acting like in a more modern style and you update it with, you know, and you cast four or five Middle Eastern people in the movie this time uh, that you have, you could, you could remake this movie into something really, really great. But, you know, there's no there's no appetite for that now because there is a lot of great stuff in this movie. And it's a very ambitious, big movie for for 1962, but too long, too much Peter O'Toole and uh, not enough prison rape. Those are my (laughs) those are my thoughts off the bat. And that does it for you. It's you know what I, I feel like it's almost the length of the movie works in its favor when you're trying to critique it. Cause if the movie's like a hundred minutes, you're like, that scene sucked. That person sucked. What were they doing there? But this is like three movies. And I'm trying to remember every individual detail of a very, very long movie. And at the end you're like, I guess I don't have too many complaints because there's, there's like so much movie that you're like, I, I uh, a couple things sucked and it was too long. But uh, I'd say that's probably that's probably all right. It sounds as far like the, as I can think. This is the golden corral of films for you. There's there's so much there that to choose from, and by the end, you're just annoyingly stuffed, like human centipede stuffed. Yeah, yeah. All right. Give me a number one. Give me a number one to ten. See, I, I, I forget what I gave 2001. I hope it was like a one. But this one, I, I kind of feel like I have to give it like a six. Now, it's revered as like a 10. Mm-hmm. It's, it's held as a 10. But I'm having trouble like letting go of all the big things that it did. Like it clearly is this landmark in movie making. So you can't, it's hard to like totally disregard. If I'm just watching, if this movie came out today... And I'm watching it, I'm like uh, 3.5. Like if I'm just watching it, like it literally got released in theaters today, brand new. But there is dated stuff and you have to appreciate that it's coming from a place like it's doing things that other movies hadn't done yet. 
Um, you know, like when somebody talks about an athlete and it's like, that guy would get destroyed in today's NFL, NBA. But you're like, yeah, but he did like, you know, invent the crossover dribble in 1947. And that was a really big innovation. So I can't totally say he sucks. <laughs> right. So I think I'd give it a six out of, out of respect. A lot of respect on that name. Kevin Israel, why don't you lead this one off? So JL ended with my overall point for this movie, that somewhere in this three hour and 40 minute mammoth is a good movie. There is an interesting story to be told about Lawrence and his experience. And it gets lost in just the size and the volume of this movie. The shots are really impressive. The scene that stuck out to me was when they first get to the well in the beginning and it's Lawrence and the guy who gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, the two of them are standing on either side and they're just looking out over the endless desert. And, and it's almost, it almost feels like a shot that they would tell you never to do as a director where it's two people on either side and just this void between them. And it was just amazing. And that just stuck out to me. And I was like, wow, that's fucking awesome. And that must have been like a revolutionary shot at the time this movie was made. So well, he was is- big for he was big for like shots like that because he did Bridge on the River Kwai and Dr. Mm-hmm. Zhivago. And he, in those like he could never work today because people are like your budget for this movie is four hundred and forty million dollars. No way, <laughs> David Lean. But back then, like if you were a big director, they were just like, here's a blank check. Right. Make your masterpiece. So like, yeah, in this movie, I mean, yeah, the set, like there, there are amazing shots because it's all on location and it's this, yeah, sorry. And it's, and it's funny because I would say my, almost my same critique about the new Dune is it's the same for this movie. Like it's visually fantastic plot wise. It gets kind of lost in itself a little bit, but visually you can make it through the movie and not hate it because it's just amazing to look at. Like, and, and, and this movie was, was that the, the trick to making this movie today and make it compelling to audiences, you have to make it clear in something that uh, history classes across the country, probably the world, forgot that this guy existed and that this was based on a true story, loosely, but based on a true story and an actual person who did some of this crazy shit and pulled it off. And that's amazing. And I entered this movie having no idea that this guy was real or that there was any fact behind this. And I watched the whole, and then at the end, I was like, how did they just make this up about World War One? Like, they, they just made this, and this is how the, the Arab Emirates was created. And like, this all, they just fiction. And then I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, this was, this was actually, <laughs> this actually all happened. And that, if you made this more of a biopic and, and really told the story of this guy. And it sounds like his story is all, is possibly more interesting than actually what they did in the movie. Um, and it sounded like he probably was a bit of an asshole. Lord, <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie, I thought Peter O'Toole was playing the guy to be kind of autistic before autistic was autistic. And he like he was like so brilliant and he saw things so far ahead of people and he was sitting there being like you know when he was when he's strategizing with the general and general's like how do you know that already but he was also coming off as like a dick because he doesn't know how to socialize and doesn't know how to interact with people i was like oh this he's like kind of autistic before like that's kind of that's that's progressive for 1960 whatever and then he then then when he started like kind of flouncing around the desert 
and doing these like really stereotypical, like when he gets the thing, the, he gets the whole outfit and then he starts like whipping it around him. And I was like, he looks like, like he's like a, like a drag show. Like, what is he, what is this, what is this doing? What's, what, he suddenly went from, he went from like, Priscilla he went from a queen of the desert. Yeah. He went from autistic to queen. How did the, what, what's going on here? And then I read again. And then again, in the guy's bio it was like, oh, he was, everybody thought he was gay. Like that was something that came out the only thing missing was yeah going, doo, 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 doo. Oh, yeah no peter o'toole was second peter o'toole was playing it up because the guy was assumed to be wait the, a second historians yeah historians say he was that gay explains first of all that explains uh maybe his performance uh was i i give him i take him from a c to a c plus <laughs> because that was a, an intentional choice and my barber uh i think needs to attend extra sensitivity classes because <laughs> Now he wasn't just saying it like, eh, it looked like that. Now he was like, he might have been actually referring to Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> he might have known the guy asked. from history class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and so knowing that, I think there's so much interesting story there to tell about this guy. Oh, what you just said, I think would make it like you could target that, like this, this movie could be like targeted to so many different demos with different oh, absolutely. campaigns if you redid it yeah and and the movie the movie did have a very cool feel because you could see so many movies that came after it that drew directly i mean obviously the new star wars new hope so much of the you know the, of tattoo indiana jones indiana jones was yeah the other obviously just the right. look and the feel and the behavior like, so much so much was drawn from it so it was cool to see all of that but the way the and because the movie was so long it almost felt, and I and I feel like this a lot of times about older movies. Like they they said, ah, screw storytelling. We just want big performances out of you, and we'll put the story together in post. And that's how this story felt. Like the scene where he goes to the Turkish prison, or to the Turkish uh, to the Turkish base uh, to spy, and then gets caught. like that whole scene makes no sense. It makes absolutely, and it's not that it doesn't make sense because why would he do that? It makes no sense because it's not explained well. He, you're supposed yeah, to glean from it that he's so arrogant about his ability and he thinks that he's unstoppable and he can do anything that he puts himself in this position because he can get out of it. And it, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he looks nothing like anybody within 500 square miles. He can just, he, he has such confidence in himself and then he ends up getting caught and he gets whipped with a reed and probably raped. And it, that's supposed to bring him down a peg. And that was supposed to be kind of his realization. I had to look that up to figure that all out because you don't get that from the scene at all. No. You don't get that. It's just this weird military decision to go into this base. And it felt like he meant to get captured. Like that was, it felt like he was doing that on purpose. And I was like, oh, he's in there with him now. He's going to do something. I was like, oh, he just, he, he did something. All right. But that probably wasn't the plan. No, I'm real fucking far from being fine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So there was, there was a lot of that in the movie. And then also JL's point about PTSD that really stuck out to me because that was such a weird moment in the movie where he was sitting and he was having this like real confession with the general and saying, look, I killed this guy and I liked it. And I don't want to go back there. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to see that piece of me again. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then three minutes later, he's like, of course I'm going back. And I was like, what the fuck was that all about? Like, you just, you just had this whole revelation and you just shit on it. 
And like, yeah. at least if he went back and he felt tortured about it or something, and then they kind of forget about that entire character arc until the one battle where he goes crazy and kills everybody. And it was like, oh, so I guess that was a real thing, but we hadn't seen that. So where did that come from? And then everybody just kind of forgets about it again. Like, there's no talk about him like, oh, you slaughtered all these people. And it, it the, 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 sto- the storytelling is so clunky in this. And there is obviously a great movie in there. And you just people just ignore it and go, ah, but it's a beautiful movie and Peter O'Toole and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, but what's the story they're telling? And if you if I didn't know that this if this if this was fiction, I would have just said this is a terribly written story. It's it's a shitty story. But they were actually taking some guy's life and trying to turn it into a story, which is always challenging because not everybody's life, no matter how interesting, could be a movie. But they, it almost seems like they didn't even, they didn't even do that really well. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't take the interesting stuff from his life and talk about it. They, 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 they fictionalized a lot, which, you know, you kind of have to do. Especially though with three hours and 40 minutes, it's like, could you not tell the story in that amount of time? Like, could you not craft it a more like, but I, I, I'm guessing my guess, because this is unlike a lot of old movies I've ever seen. I'm guessing some of the stuff they were doing was like the first time certain things were done. So like it was clumsy, but it was so ambitious. I'm guessing it got a lot of credit for that, for the ambition of it, like the look and the ambition and the scope, not just, so, you know, like I said, like to me, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, Bill Russell, like, (laughs) yes, Bill Russell would get dunked on today but he does have his 11 rings from the 1950s and 60s and you can't take those away. <laughs> right. And I, and that's why I agree with you. Like I, I hated having to watch this movie because it was so long and it just, it, and I did not turn this into a mini series. I sat, I did it in one sitting and oh. it's, it's a, it's yeah, it's a lot of fucking move. My wife at the, at the intermission, she's like, so can we turn this off? I was like, I'm not done. Like I have to watch the whole movie. And she's like, Okay, well, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I have to watch the next hour and 40 minutes of this fucking thing. But in the, in the end, I, re- I regret having to watch it, but I don't regret watching it. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, because I, I, it, it was, an, exper- it was exper- an experience that it was, and it is an important movie that led to a lot of other great movies. And I'm glad that I found out that this guy actually fucking existed. And it's, it's, it's amazing how much you don't learn in history classes. Like, I took history classes from you know elementary school through college and i never once heard about the arab turkish conflict in world war one like that was never brought up anywhere um but it it just was it was it was just too much and and again to jl's point in 1962 63 whenever this movie was came out there weren't as many movie options and and people just wanted to go for an experience and this movie was a fucking experience but today we have a much shorter attention span and we expect more out of our movies. We expect storytelling. We expect characters we can relate to and who behave in some way like real people. And we, we want, we want to be able to walk out and be able to talk about what we just saw. And I feel like this accomplishes none of that because it's hard to talk about. I'm even having trouble talking about it. And I just saw it 22 hours ago. And today it would be called the Arab man directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. 
<laughs> Even though I actually really did like the Irishman, I know it was a very divide. I loved the Irishman. I, I oh, you 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 enjoyed watching De Niro curb stomp somebody like he was standing in quicksand. No, with lifts on. That was obviously terrible, <laughs> but but I did enjoy that movie. But anyway, yes, this uh, back to you. Kate. Oh, sorry, and thank you. Speaking of quicksand, <laughs> the quicksand oh, scene. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I, so we're, we're, I was that was one of the scenes that my wife actually made it through. My wife looks at me and goes, "Is there actually quicksand in the desert?" I was like, "I, I guess so. I don't, I don't, never been in a desert before." And so we looked it up, and that's completely made up. The whole quicksand thing is completely made up. It doesn't exist. You couldn't drown like that in quicksand because the sand is denser than your body, so you wouldn't absorb into it like that. I don't know what that means, but that was what Wikipedia told me. Wasn't also the case, first of all, sand can collapse and you can get sucked in that way, but isn't quicksand, you need water for it to kind of suck yes. you in and you can't yes. pull yourself out. Yes. That's why you only find them in rainforest or forest yeah. or jungles or something like that. That's that's, yeah. that's, that's If there's a hole kids. beneath the desert that you kind of drop into, that's yeah. a possibility, like a pocket, but apparently that almost never happens. And the, that kind of quicksand, what you saw, wouldn't like it might suck you in and you might be like oh my foot fuck and you got to pull it out but it's not gonna you know steal atreus horse and you know drag him to the bottom of the swamp like that just that just doesn't happen so that they just that was that was one of those and i think this movie was might have been one of the first real quicksand scenes and then every director in hollywood was like "Ooh, let's do that let's nobody look it up just let's do it they did it in lawrence of arabia um, it's got, it had to have been weird though. Sometimes I just wish I could go back. Like, what would is what was it like if that was like the first quicksand thing? People might have been in the theater like, "Oh my god, this is <laughs> terrifying!" You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what about what about this? If there wasn't quicksand in this, there would never be Tremors with Kevin Bacon, which was I love that movie. Um, it's good. It's enjoyable. The Daffin family ties and shooting people from yes. the house. Oh yeah. man, the, the arsenal like in the basement. Yeah. Absolutely. The <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know. It, this is this is a this is a tough movie for me because again, I didn't hate it, and I don't hate the fact that I saw it. But it's not a movie I would ever watch again, and I'd ever rush out. And I wouldn't say I I loved it, but it's 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 an experience it's a it's a ride and there is there are great components to it there's great aspects to the movie that um i think i think jail's right if you pulled out about an hour maybe an hour and a half you could have put together like the scene the scene where the guy gets lost in the desert and they have to watch him you have to watch him just keep walking and keep walking and after by the fourth scene of him just walk it was like okay we get that he's lost in the desert just fine and then they show the guy looking for peter o'toole to come back and he just keeps looking and it was like holy shit that was 10 minutes right there and by the way there was a 10 minute intro of music that sorry it was a great time <laughs> it was the classic the epic movies were a great time to be a composer you really mm-hmm. got to shine and flex and by the way this is like, this is a score that I actually recognize. So oh, on yeah. top of the movie, I was like, oh, this is like one of these classic movie scores that I was like, oh, this is Lawrence of Arabia. If I hear this in a montage, it's Lawrence of Arabia. But yes, with the long, the long shots, I was like, some of this I get is a film filmmaker's choice. But at the same time, I'm going, you're making a really long movie here, buddy. <laughs> like this, you could cut. I, like, I, you know. And then I, you know, I would think to myself when they, when they, his friend who eventually dies, he gets both his assistants die uh, during the, the movie. 
he he he's out in the sun the whole day, but then he like goes charging at him with his camel, and I'm like, save your energy, dude. You're in the <laughs> sun's anvil, according to like legend. So why don't you just stay cool and let him come to you instead of getting your camel all worked up? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So he should, look, he should he shouldn't have had any ability to speak. His tongue would be completely di- dehydrated. Water, water, you know. It's- but those scenes and those scenes in that experience did make you, and I, I I would imagine it's intentional. It's supposed to make you feel like you're in the desert. Oh, like you yeah. felt like the long drudgery of being stuck in the desert. A lot of movies are just like, all right, we're starting a travel. We're you know we're starting a voyage three months later, and we're here. And it's like, all right, well, that was pretty quick. Well, I have no idea what they suffered through, but it seems pretty easy. This movie did not do that. This movie made you go, oh, going yeah, to the, the desert the a shitty experience. Had, the sun had its own horror sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, the music, you hear this soundtrack and you think desert. Like They, he ma- they managed with this movie to make music associated with a location, which is pretty impressive. But for... So, look, long story short, <laughs> too I thought late, I was gonna much too late I was, for that. I thought, but yeah, why, sorry. Why? In honor of Lawrence of Arabia, why, <laughs> why make a long story short? <laughs> Clearly, you can't. You can't talk short about this movie. podcast long, Lawrence of Arabia. This, I, I wanted to say that I hated it and that I regret watching it, but I don't. But I still do hate that I watched it. I don't know. But for me, the movie, I would give it a, uh, I'd give it a five, five point five. Oh, no. I'm very surprised <laughs> to hear these high scores. <laughs> these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can get yourself a kick-ass sweet t-shirt, much like this, long sleeve shirts, hoodies, hats, bags, mugs. And also every day, the blog article is our favorite. That doesn't happen, in which there's a lot of that going on in this film. <laughs> and uh, movies we've seen, movies we want to see, quotes, all that good shit, guttingthesacredcow.com. If you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes. <clears throat> in case you had to take a piss or squeeze out a quick poop, there's three minutes of blank screen with music to start off. Then there's another two and a half minutes of music with a guy fixing a bike. Five and a half minutes of nothing. Boy, we're in for a long one, huh? <laughs> the music sounds like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade liberally borrowed from this film. <laughs> Lawrence's commanding officer has an unsettling mustache. It looks like Cesar Romero trying to hide his mustache under eight pounds of makeup for the Joker. We've said the cinematography is brilliant, and I echo that sentiment. Over under, I should have clocked this. How many minutes are we going to see of footage of camel riding? I say 45 is the number. So much desert scenery, I expected Lawrence to walk by a flattened Wiley Coyote and a sign that said, oops. Mm. I've seen glaciers move faster than this film is. Lawrence looks like Duke from G.I. Joe. Now, if the guy in the black tunic turns out to be Zartan, this movie will get exponentially better. Speaking of other films that have borrowed from this, how about Rambo 3? Yeah, that Rambo 3, where the planes attack the nomads in the camp. Remember that scene where they, they Rambo yeah. shooting at them with the jihad? I enjoy Rambo 3. <laughs> I was waiting for Alec Guinness to say, only a master of evil infidel, and then force choke that general in the tent. <laughs> how many servants must it take to set up that leader's tent? That tent is nicer than a lot of the homes in Atlantic City are. Holy shit. That was some ornate decorative decorations in there. 
where's my writing crop to whack people on the head like that one guy did? Israel, do better than those movie quotes. Flack. Try it. Challenge accepted. (laughs) This movie is trying to tie Lord of the Rings, the two towers, in terms of footage of walking or riding on animals. An hour and 12 in, and I'm one-third finished. Christ almighty. (laughs) The whole going back for the servant is a waste of time. That was a good 15, 20 minutes I didn't need. By the way, Omar Sharif looked like an Arabic Lando Calrissian. Thank you. Lawrence looks like he's been created by a plastic surgeon. He's so plastic and fake looking. It's just he's shimmering, like it's but not like from sweat. It's like a plastic shining in the sun. The guy on the horse who fired the gun. Well, we know where Morgan Freeman's character from Robin Hood Prince and Thieves came from. I laugh when they said a whole hundred golden guineas. Do you find them living in their parents' basement doing axe body? <laughs> Doing Axe body spray and, and Jaeger bombs while flexing in the mirror. Too easy. I don't care. Uh, one minute, it's a dick measuring contest. The next minute, it's they're invited in for hospitality, and then a war breaks out. Sounds like two fraternities meeting at a bar. The smell of those men's cloaks must be worse than decomposing grass thrown into a fire with elephant shit and sour milk. So one of those servants fell into the sand pit. Could have been worse. Could have been the Sarlacc pit. In that case, I would love to throw the remaining two hours of this film down to that pit next to Boba Fett as he slowly digested for 85 years. But he survived. Apparently, that, that's some horse shit. I went, well, we'll get into that. Not in this episode. I have written down, I don't care, more than Kurt Cobain did when writing the lyrics to Breed. <laughs> I am sick and goddamn tired of lowering and raising the volume every five fucking minutes <laughs> when the John Paul Sousa-esque march comes on. Every f- My wife's on. The- she's trying to sleep. Five minutes later. <laughs> she's trying to sleep. <laughs> My God. This was like watching The Many Saints of Newark. Is the audio mixer broken for that film as well? Last time I checked, someone who gets shot, like that guy who did in the train, doesn't have enough force after being shot to crash through a train window. They usually just go down like a lump of shit, is my point. Physics. One guy who looted that train takes a giant clock. Where the fuck is Flavor Flav's grandfather going to stash that clock in a desert as a nomad? Carl Weathers and Sylvester Stallone were less homoerotic and the surf frolicking the surf in Rocky Five than this film was. This film felt like a bunch of all stars, and I'm not an NBA guy, I used to be, but Jamie JL, you can help me on this one. This film like felt like the the, uh, the dream team who lost in the first round. A bunch of stars who couldn't play together as a team. In this sense, being the stars putting together great performances, but the team aspect not having a fun nor cohesive entertaining story. Can you imagine when they let all that horse, the, all the horses off the train? The director had to make that comment. Hey, we got one chance to get this shot right because once that horse gets out of the barn, <laughs> I nearly just spit like a camel. Lauren said he's twenty-seven. He doesn't look a day. <laughs> un- he doesn't look a day under thirty-nine. He looks like he takes a. He looks like he takes a bus t- because of a DWI to coach a little league team. I am 39. (laughs) 
how creepy is that guy making kissy faces to Lawrence when he's getting his ass whipped? Oh, I'm so weird. <laughs> if I was Lawrence, I would just make kissy faces at him to confuse him. What was the what was the direction in that scene? <laughs> like what did he tell the guy who was holding his hands? <laughs> I'm excited. You, Not that excited. Look I more you, excited. <laughs> I want you to pretend you're Tony Randall and you just saw uh I, I don't know, uh Frank Sinatra's the shirt off. How about that? At no point did I give a fuck about the characters, the plot, anything. I constantly pressed display to see how much time was left on this. And when I saw it, and the one that, except for the time where I saw it read 10 minutes, I felt disappointed like a prisoner serving a 14 year sentence, leaving tally marks on the wall every five days. One, two, three, four, five, slash. I would have turned this film off after 30 minutes, which means I would have had an additional three hours and 10 minutes of my life back. For those critics, because regular people would dot would not die in the hill to defend this. I think if you love, if you say you love this film so much, you should be forced to watch this once a year to make sure it stays on the mantle as a classic. In fact, if you got half of those critics drunk, half of them, half would say, you know, I don't really like it. I just don't, don't want to have to turn in my corduroy elbow patch and be, be, be smirched amongst my colleagues. This film may have had cultural importance at the time. Let me back up. This film may have had cultural importance, but at a time, so were Ford Model T's. Three and a half out of ten. Yes, I I get this had a big big impact, but man alive, you're right. I now I I did a little research too. I, I gave it actually a half point more because it was a true story. Go, oh, this is actually entertaining that this all happened. It just dragged. And you're talking to someone who doesn't mind a three-hour film. JFK, I said it before, one of my favorite films, three-plus hours. Pulp Fiction 240, Django, three hours. I don't mind it as long as it's edited and it flows and it's entertaining. This film had none of those aspects. Am I glad I watched it? Not really. Can I say Uh check the box? Bet your ass I will. And if I ever have to delete room on my Voodoo account to make room for another film, believe me, five bucks is well worth wasted for this film. As I said before, three and a half out of ten, not impressed. I get the cultural importance, but I don't give a shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I truly expected you boys to be in the boat with me on this one, but instead you're, uh, you're a few links ahead. If, if you had asked me before I rewatched it, I probably would have been in the no higher than a four because right. I would have said, yes, it's big. It's epic. It's visually got, it's inspired. It's inspired. I get it. But on its own merits, I would, I just would have remembered it as this weird homoerotic, oddly acted movie with right. big sets. Having rewatched it, I, you know, I, I bumped it up. I think I said to a six because it just, there's, you know, the best thing I can say about it is I would like to see, I would like to see a remake. I would actually watch a remake if, if done by, you know, a, a premier filmmaker with a premier cast, I'd be curious Michael to Bay. see it. Judd Apatow. <laughs> Michael Bay. <laughs> Megan Fox is <laughs> Sharif Ali. <laughs> Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness is Josh Duhamel. 
<laughs> or what his character's name is. Let's uh, let's go to the real tale of the tape, and I'm dying to hear how the critic five star reviews are going to blow this film until its toes curl up. Critics, five star reviews, critics, five star reviews, critics, five star reviews, critics, five star reviews. An undeniable technical achievement with its breathtaking scenery, epic score, and gorgeous cinematography. The story isn't its strongest suit, but it can be overlooked by its visuals. Well, that's that's actually a pretty uh, spot-on assessment. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's one of those reviews where you, I think you also have to realize visuals count like like they still count for something. But now you know we're just in this era of every year somebody's doing something new with a computer and putting it on film. But this is like how movies like, like Terminator two mm-hmm. got great reviews, even for an action movie, because a, it was a cool movie with a good story, but it was like a revolution in terms of visual effects. Like I think back in the day, this would have been a movie where like, like I, one of you guys said, like you, you, there weren't a lot of movies. A movie was an event and this was definitely an event. And if it's giving you the visuals, that's like 85% of a win right there in terms of kind of old school, big, big theater movies. Uh, you're wrong about Terminator 2. It's not a good story. It's a fucking great story. Okay. Love it so good. Next one from the early shots laid on the sun, ha- sun hot sands. There is grandeur and awe-inspiring stark splendor against which men fight and die, battle for their ambitions, and then see their dearest ideals crushed by uncaring mercenary politicians. Yeah, that summarized the movie. Yeah, is that, that's not like a review. That's just no, like, no, 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 no that's a review. Happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in terms of like it's that was a book report. Yeah, yeah it was a book report. <laughs> The script is taut and expressive, and the music, musical score deftly attuned to the tale. Director David Lean has molded his massive material with skill, but I personally felt the film was too long. Oh, per- I'm glad you personally said that because your opinion is coming from you. So the personally part, not really needed. Now, I wrote this guy's name because it fits with the tune that we've been discussing for the last hour or so. Dick Banks of the Charlotte Observer on April 20th, hey, that's Don Mattingly's birthday and my nephew's, writes, it's a good movie, a long movie, but not a minute too long. It's one you will enjoy thinking about afterward and perhaps plan to see again. (laughs) Dick Banks is dick wrong on this one. One of the most magnificent pictures, if not the most magnificent, and one of the most exasperating. That's, That's a fair... There. That's yeah. I, I feel like that's that's more in tune with you guys. Like, even though that's definitely not a three out of three point five out of ten review, that mm-hmm. is kind of like the this is great. This I can tell this is great. I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> you, you know, you know who love this film? Babysitters, because they charge by the hour, like, oh, you're gonna go see Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> Sweet, that's a hell of a payday for me today. <laughs> They're like, naked gun, hour and 25. Oh, shit. Well, make $8. Critics. Why am I, why am I babysitting in a time warp yeah. where these two movies are available? <laughs> Those two. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star. Critics, one-star reviews. Spiegel and Bolt and David Lean have run into an old problem with biographical art they have invented too much to please biographers and yet they have not taken the bolder liberties that make art 
All right. Words and words. Lots of them. O'Toole looks like a good deal, looks a good deal like Lawrence's portraits, and he rides a camel with great authority. He actually did train to ride camels. He rode in the, uh, on the set the first day on a camel, got there early and practiced. But he cannot pro- project a sense of magic, and in moments of alleged spiritual agony, he merely looks dazed. I say drunk. <laughs> yeah, he says dazed. Or hungover. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia is big. And often beautiful, but it satisfies few of the demands of real drama. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I do. The chief fault of this picture is that it does not come close to explaining the complex and enigmatic character that was Lawrence. Oh, were you there, asshole? Did you guys hang out at the saloon together on the Oasis? Knocking back belly dancers in the bathroom? Okay. It reduces a legendary figure to conventional movie hero size amidst magnificent and exotic scenery, but a conventional lot of action film cliches. No, but that's, I feel like that's a modern, like somebody modern reviewing, because you can't really be doing action movie cliches if you were the first to do, like if you're the first movie to do something, you're creating the cliche. That's... (laughs) That's a good thing yeah. if you're the one creating it. Oh, we've seen this quicksand nonsense before. Come on. <laughs> oh, wait. Is this the part where he pulls the grenade with his pin, the pin with his teeth, and then blows up and is like a bad guy? And now it's time for the Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. This movie belongs in a collection of incre- incredible classical movies. It is so well done. It has a brilliant cast of actors. David Lean directed. This movie is so well done. It doesn't need the computer graphics so common in modern movies to sell the storyline to the audience. It does it the old-fashioned way with words, action, and music. Of course, we didn't have computers then, so it, it couldn't have been the computer way. <laughs> Don't confuse these reviews with logic, JL. <laughs> At first glance, Lawrence of Arabia looks like any other movie out there. Well, it slowly becomes apparent that this is no ordinary movie. At three hours and 47 minutes, it's quite the marathon, but never drags. The thing that I appreciate most about this movie is its grand scale of doing things, from the huge cast and crew to the awesome scenery and sophisticated events. This movie reminds me of Ben-Hur due to its sophistication. I easily prefer this movie, however. David Lean directs what is probably the biggest directing job in movie history. The cast is stellar, and Alec Guinness does extremely well in his role, especially with his accent. It is, I mean, it is when you think of a movie, like, there, there probably hasn't been much of a bigger movie production than this movie. Uh, so, yeah, he gets, he gets credit for that. <laughs> When this movie came out 50 plus years ago, my parents took me to see it. My dad, always the wisecracker, commented during the intermission, which is the middle of the movie, that he was sure that all the owners of the theaters who were showing the picture were ecstatic because they're all selling one hell of a lot of soft drinks upside down, frowny, uh, frowny face. If you see the picture, then you'll get the joke. Sign the old skip skag scallywagger son who takes place in the Pun Olympics every year. <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. It's time for Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. 
Pay the $3.99, selected watch now, and nothing but sound. Screen remained blank. Called the helpline, and we did some troubleshooting, but still nothing. Amazon Amazon returned the purchase price immediately. Always great service from customers. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Always great great customer support. Always great customer support. No way. Customer support. How, how, how this is fixed soon. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. There were a ton of those. The biggest complaint was this. You have 48 hours to watch a film on Amazon that people go, oh, it's a full three and a half hour fucking film. I don't have time watching a few days. So people were mad they had to buy it twice. Next one. Way too slow and long. This is the type of movie I call director's ego. He doesn't care about how long we have to sit through long, boring shots just so we can see, just so we can see how he sees it. Could not finish watching. Signed, Quentin Tarantino. Just another, in all caps, just another example of the brutality associated with colonial imperialism. I knew we'd find there what Kevin is. Israel. There it is. Peter O'Toole's personal life provides a per, a brilliant background to his acting attempts in this bloodbath of a motion picture. Signed, Dick Cheney. <laughs> Colonial imperialism. What the fuck are they talking about? And Next it's one. an interesting, it's a weird take also because one of the things that the movie at least conveys is that like colonialism isn't a good thing. And that he's trying to fight. So it's like, it doesn't even make sense to be like, it's not like they're like the British are the best and they should take over. Like that's not part of the movie. Main thing in the movie is like, no, like he's trying to give, he's trying to help the Arab people have autonomy. If you want to make a complaint, it's like uh, all the Arabs, they just bitch and complain about everything and never get their autonomy because they're too busy still being tribal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just like Rambo in Rambo Part 3 with the Mujahideen. Ha! And then it became the Taliban. Next. Came with spyware and program took over my homepage. Looks like someone rented Lawrence of Analia instead. Analia. <laughs> this one, if you thought that customer getting pissed about the uh, money getting back was out of fucking left field. Oh. Need to watch it from the start and with best friends for better discourse of its leadership roles, manuscripts, history lessons, liberal interpretation, of course, some humor as well. Hope comments can help the big money making underlying too much regulation of evidence on your own people. You have enough? Need something to help you sleep? Corpse flowers like Algeria traffic led to trade towers all have you billionaires got it all. While us little people stay confounded by rotten big apes of every snort level of grunt eat enough thoughts. May God bless all of us equally over 300 times our manifold. Then I love passionately Anderson Hayes Cooper's tight muscular rear end. It's the greatest first headshot he gave to me six years ago. God bless him. This person needs to be reported to one of the authorities. Did he just read the uh, like a men's room wall in the blue oyster? The fuck yeah. is that, that Anderson Cooper like... does have a nice rear end. I mean, he's he's right there. Does he do squats in your gym, Kevin Israel? Do you spot him? Is that how you're? Uh... I don't like or to talk are you before. are you are you a big fan of uh, New Year's Rock and Eve, where he turns around and shows us uh, took us? <laughs> Kevin Israel, did JL Coven gut the sacred cow? <laughs> he's already shaking his head. No. <laughs> 
No, I don't know that he even really tried. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk. I love Jay Allen. I'm glad we got to have a conversation about this fucking long ass movie. But no, he didn't. You did. You. I mean, he look. He he massacred 2001. Yes, uh, which I was totally on board with. But I I think I I agree with pretty much everything he said about this movie. It is painfully long, but there is there's there's a lot there. You just gotta kind of stick with it and yeah maybe we'll get a we'll, we'll get a uh, remake by i don't know one of the greats 50 this reminds me of like an 80s film where a guy goes to a woman a girl's house to tell her how he's in love with her and on the journey over he realizes he's not and then he breaks up with her in person <laughs> <laughs> and then tells her you know what it's just not for each other and then she ends up being depressed when when she wasn't in love with him but now she is because he doesn't want her. I agree. This was not a cow that was gutted. I'm sorry. It was a, uh, it was a false flag. If I do say so myself, coming in here with that, uh, with that devil may care attitude, but I don't, I don't appreciate that. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I must admit, I, I don't know if it was uh, COVID or maturity or, or, or something else, but man, when I was convinced, I was like, Oh, this is a this is an absolute sacred cow of hundred percent for sure. Oh, yeah. So as long as I just am as perplexed and annoyed as I was when I was twenty eight, I've got a good one here. And then I kind of watched. I was like, this is almost the worst case scenario where I'm just like, there are problems with it. <laughs> like that that's no good for you. Want an A plus to shock everyone or an f to have real trolling instead i'm like b minus <laughs> see you know what's funny you're talking the way you're talking is the exact reverse of the analogy kev just gave you're like the guy who's like i'm gonna go break up with her and drives over and then you get there and you're like i am i mean i do kind of like her and she is <laughs> you know she comes over and then you go back and your buddies are like so did you do it and you're like well no. and they're like oh come on you said you're gonna break up with her <laughs> Yeah, we, we're going to be we're going to take it slow. Florence, the Arabian, I we're just going to like take it slow from here. And see he said we just have works. to see each other like one night a week. It's cool. We're just going to be friends at first, you know, and then <laughs> no, uh, no sexual tension, no pressure. It's all cool. Well, at least you got this. <laughs> that's no, no, no. That's like, you know, this would make I, my advice to any future guests would be like lie don't pick a, a movie that you can destroy pick a movie that will end up being a legendary face <laughs> swap because <laughs> that is incredible <laughs> i can't wait to see future episodes i'm doing we're actually gutting our own again this year uh, i'm taking on because I, I can't stand the princess bride and kevin's doing 300 so i can't wait to see how i look on the princess bride <laughs> Kevin is 300. It's 300. That's an easy one. It's already been done. You know, it's, you know what's funny? I tried doing me for, for 300, but because I have a beard, you, you don't know. Blends right in. Exactly. It's, it's, it, yeah, it looks like the same same guy. And I have those abs. So Yeah. Are we going wow. back to 2002? Yeah. Steroided Israel was, was hanging around. It wasn't the that long ago. It was like 2010. I was still doing all right. JL, call it, Van. Why don't you tell everybody what you're up to, where we can find you? Yeah, uh, thank you uh, for having me, and uh, this was this was Welcome. fun. I'm sorry, I do feel like I f I failed, but I enjoyed myself, and I guess that's really what counts. That is um, it does. 
But my website is jlcomedy.com. You can find all my social media links there uh, as far as upcoming shows. Uh, when will this episode be going up? A couple of weeks, maybe January okay. at the latest. But yeah, a couple okay, of weeks. Okay, so yeah, in January, I'll be in Harrisburg, PA, Chicago, San Jose, LA, and uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. So nice. Uh, if you're in any of those places, come on, uh, come on down. Otherwise, just follow me on any social media platform. Something tells me that you're making a stop in there to catch a jazz game. Two. <laughs> I literally, I, I literally threaded a shit. It was like the, it was like, I don't play cards, but it was like in the movie where like only one hand can defeat this. And then all he's suck yeah, out straight Royal fucking flush in your face. And this was like, I I'm going from LA to Vegas to Salt Lake and just said i'll go to games and if i can get a show at the club on that that random thursday that i'm there great well wednesday home game thursday show friday home game wow that's great everything's coming everything's coming up call nine people will show up to the show but the real accomplishment was just threading that needle (laughs) (laughs) if all else fails you get to go hang out under the uh, carl malone you know uh, luxury suites or whatever Yes, and, and watch uh, a big screening of John Stockton's uh, anti-vax documentary. The, the first time the man has spoken out in public in 40 years was to do uh, an anti-vax doc. <laughs> Folks, you may, not re- you, may, you may not remember me. I'm the guy who wore nuthugger shorts for the late, latter part of the 90s and in the 2000s. But here's my thoughts on, uh, on, on vaccinations. I know he did. God. Sweet. Uh, Kevin Israel, how about yourself? What are you up to? Uh, KevinIsrael.com. Uh, I'll have dates coming back in February after my little two month hiatus. And more importantly, just finished this yeah, episode. Congrats. I have, I oh. think I've like given you like thumbs up on social media, but congrats. And that's jail. That's all that matters to me. As long as I get a like okay. that I, I'm going to tell my child someday, I'll be like, you know, that guy on TV, JL, <laughs> he gave you a thumbs up many years ago. Long Total gone. A algorithm long, boost. Long gone. <laughs> a, long gone. The days of handwritten notes for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, but if you just finished this episode and you loved it, and I know you did, give us a five-star rating and a quick review on the podcast platform that you're listening to. It helps us. It helps the algorithm. It keeps us chugging along, and it makes us happy. And isn't that what this is all about? Uh, so, yeah, give us, a, give us a rating and a review. KevinGoatee.com for those NFL picks. We're doing, turning the old ship around for the better, thank God. And, of course, for dates and shenanigans are afoot. GuttingTheSacredCow.com every day for blog articles and in the aforementioned merch shop. And, again, to advertise with us or just to stop by and say, hey, GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com. We love every one of you. We love how you love to interact with us on social media. We definitely love how you come by every Monday. And we do the uh, that uh, sorry the Ask a Gutter segment. We really appreciate that. You guys really help and, and help mold and form our show. And that's what makes us better every week. Kevin and I love it, and we love JL Colvin. Colvin, excuse me, coming back for round two. We'll definitely have you get in the future. Maybe as President Trump again. Who knows? <laughs> he shakes his head at the idea of becoming president, but he does not shake his head at the bank account growing exponentially. What a quandary. That's us. That's it for us. Gutting the sacred cow, everybody. Thanks again. Peace. <laughs>